0: Pbis Journey to Genius. Are you in the process of implementing PBIS? Are you wondering where to start? You are in the right place. We are here to support you. Stay tuned.
1: All right. Welcome everyone to PBIS, our Journey to Genius. I'm Diane Farrell and I'm here with Diane Ruff. And we are two educators that have worked together for many years. And we started a positive behavior intervention and support system several years ago that's helped our school receive many awards. And we are doing a podcast every week to share our trials and successes so that you might use these to help you in your positive behavior intervention journey. So every week we have some guests on, but this week it's just going to be Diane and I. So just we're going to talk, just us, <laughs> but we're going to let Diane recap our guest. And and what was said last week? So, yes. Diane, what did we talk about?
0: Well, last week we talked about the importance of. Data. And our assistant principal was here, um, Mrs. Miller, and she shared, you know, the importance of looking at data because that drives everything that we do. And that's the genius, part of the genius of PBIS is pouring through that data, looking for maybe parts of your tier one that aren't working so well, or there's a child that's melting down at a certain time. Your data can tell you so much. And when you study your data, then then it's going to help you create that plan for the Tier 1, or even for a behavior plan for another child.
1: And we talked about a program last week called SWISS. Yes. Okay, and that is really easy to use, and we have loved using it, and it gives a lot of information to share with your teams, with your staff. And it's very easy to do that. So if you do get on PBIS, um, SWISS, S W I S, not like Switzerland, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it will. Uh, it we've just used it a lot, but whatever you use, data is very important to show that your system is working. So today we're going to move away from that uh, system, and we're going to talk about tier one. So when Don and I were starting this um, years and years ago, and if you use our uh, listen to our podcast, you'll know why we started it. But we knew that. We had to start a tier one. Now, I know that whenever you're starting PBIS, you might sit there and go, but I really want to address the kids that are having problems. You know, it's okay what we do with everybody else. I need to know what to do for this student who's under the desk or won't stop moving or talking out. But the trouble is PBIS emphasizes the importance of tier one. And Tier 1, if you do it well and consistent throughout your building, can take care a lot of those Tier 2-ish kids and will control those behaviors. Absolutely. So where we started in implementing
0: our Tier 1 was we decided, after we created the matrix and we talked about the behaviors that we expect in all the Mm -hmm. different areas of the building and what that behavior looks like, how it feels, you know, seeing it in action, um, We then thought the next step is to practice it, physically practice it. So we called it a boot camp.
1: We did. (laughs) Diane actually came up with that. And we were like, PBIS Because she said, she goes boot camp. That's where they go and practice to be in the military. So we're going to practice. So we called it our PBIS boot camp.
0: And so what we did is we, um, you know, we talked to the teachers again about the matrix and Just what they need to do in their classrooms. And a lot of teachers, as you heard in prior episodes, you know, teachers had some things under control in the classroom, but we were really concerned about the main areas of the building. We were very concerned about the behaviors in the bathroom because Mm -hmm. you all know if you work with children... Special elementary. (laughs) The long poles of the paper towels across
1: the hallway and the soap soap towers everywhere. everywhere. You know, they like to do those and kind of wear them like a beard on your face. The running in the hallway. Because a long hallway looks like a lot of fun. And we have long hallways. We do. In this building. Um, You know, and then
0: our cafeteria, we Mm -hmm. uh, had a free for all really in the cafeteria, we would just dismiss and kids, we would expect kids to go up and drop their trays off. Well, elementary kids run into each other, they drop their trays, it's a big mess. And we thought, you know, we need procedures for that. So there were a lot of aha moments in the beginning when we were creating our matrix. So we had that all designed. But the next step was, how do we get children to do it? We do it through a boot camp. We practice, physically practice doing it. Um, And that was an eye opener for us because we're used to telling children what they need to do. When we do,
1: and and then we just expect them to, us, to do it <laughs> just because we tell them to do it. But that's not the way. We learned that very clearly that you can't just go over a set of rules one time and expect them to do it. And tell about that that yes. algebra class video. So this that was you another found. very you know it was, so cool. it was
0: like genius again because it was so simple and yet as we all sat there and watched this video, none, none of us had ever thought to do it. But it was um, a video where a A middle school algebra teacher. He was teaching the rules and procedures for his classroom. And the very first procedure was after switching classes, you did not enter his classroom. You stood in the hallway in a straight line and you got quiet and you had to stand there and then he would invite you in. So he was practicing this. He was making his seventh and eighth grade students practice this. So they would start to come in to the room. If one person talked he would stop them. He would say, we need to practice again. Everybody back out in the hallway, everybody line up. And then when everyone was quiet, he would send them in again. When someone talked, he would stop them, send them back out, line up against the wall, wait a second or two till everyone was quiet because he did not send them in until everyone was quiet. You... I forget how that goes. We expect,
1: we get what we expect. Yes. And he said that on there. And I know that even when I was watching the video, you got to the point, why don't you just let him in the room? Yes. Okay. But it was, it was a genius. He said he actually did it
0: 25 times. Mm -hmm. 25 times. Now we didn't watch that happen 25 times. No, But- We watched that video and it was just eye-opening. And I think um, I made the connection then to the Daily Five. And some of you might know about the Daily Five, but there is a part in the Daily Five where you teach stamina and you teach children to silently read. Um, You know, and so if you're, you know, I was a second grade teacher You know, how do you just get children to sit at their desk quietly and read silently for 10 minutes? Well, it never happens. Well, because I never taught them. Mm -hmm. Well, in the Daily Five, it's the same concept. You come over, you gather around the teacher, you talk about what you're going to do, and then you send everybody out and everybody's reading. But the minute someone talks, you come back and you start again. And you try to work up more time. So, you know, maybe you're going to read, you tell the class, we're going to read for five minutes. But if someone talks within that five minutes, you pull everybody back, you start the timer again, and send them back out. So children start to get very irritated. They do, because they don't want to
1: keep starting over. And there's peer pressure there, right? Because others like, don't, talk yes we don't want to do this over so we really wanted teachers to buy into that yes. because it was so important that first year because remember nobody none of the students you know and we had 900 students in this building none of them knew the rules so this first boot camp may seem painful but every year after you're gonna have a whole bank <laughs> of students that know the rules so we so practiced, it's not and we didn't practice just one
0: day oh, we no. created a schedule and we told the teachers Give us two weeks, you know, two weeks. this is two weeks at the beginning of the school year. We're not pulling from academics. We're, we're teaching routines and procedures. Do that in your classroom. We will do it here in the um, big parts of the building, the cafeteria, the playground, the bus, the hallway, the bus. Uh, and then we would pull grade levels down or classrooms down and we would practice Every single day, we would practice taking our tray up. We would, in the cafeteria, we would go out onto the playground and we would send them out, blow the whistle to send them out to play. And then we would have them come back and and line up, and we would do that five or six times so until everyone lined up quietly.
1: And an important part of this, so you know, like Diane was the admin there. It was yes. important that the admin was there because that also puts the stamp on it. You know, it's not just the teacher saying it. It is the admin. And I, the other thing that we did that I thought was so important is, if you have recess aides or you have cafeteria aides, she paid them to come in yes. if that was early and be a part of that because if they're in charge of the playground or they're in charge of the cafeteria, they have to be there for those practices. And it's good for the cafeteria workers to see it Mm -hmm. because that's where your enforcement's gonna happen. But they have to have that buy-in and they have to see it. You can't just tell them about it. Like they have to see it it happening and be a part of it. And I think the
0: teachers realized when we kept calling, we created a two-week schedule. So every day the teachers knew at a certain time they were gonna bring their class down to practice either cafeteria procedures or um, playground Procedures, but then they also real. They were responsible to teach the bathroom procedures. Yes, they the did restroom. do the bathroom on their but own. But I think they, you know, instead when we just tell people things, it doesn't always work. You've got because to their interpretation,
1: model it. your interpretation, are two different things. But if you model it, I'm a vision learner. Yeah, you know, I need to are. see. A lot of people just can't hear because you hear it in different ways.
0: So I think the teachers then got it, kind of like, oh, that's you what know what I about. need to practice literally practice bathroom procedures every single day for two weeks. And you'll recall that if you've listened to earlier episodes that Mrs. Hunt talked about, you know, practicing the three pulls of the paper towel and one square to scope, that we spent time doing that. Teachers did that. But I think when they saw the office, the admin, making it a goal, making it important, then they realized, oh, we need to do this in the in the hallway, so that's
1: why that's what our big you know every podcast that's we want big genius. takeaways. Yes, so <laughs> a big takeaway on this, if you're looking to do it, is one spending the time, the effort in the boot camp, and to have your admin there because it really is important. It's very important and for the teachers. Admin. Will then this take that. What
0: I'll say to admin: you need to take the time to do this. This is absolutely the one of the most important things you'll do in running a building because it's going to being proactive. Saves you everything. It you know, absolutely re- does. Reactive, sure. then you get muddled down in all the reactivity of all the behaviors later on. Um, and once you practice, once we practice, then it's easy to practice again. That's part of that's part of the teaching. So when a child. Um, doesn't follow the rules, doesn't follow the procedures, uh, then that's a time to pull them aside. Maybe they do a little timeout. We talk about what
1: went wrong and then
0: they practice.
1: I know this was the greatest <laughs> part of um, being able to use PBIS to teach those behaviors. Because if we did the playground rules or we did the, the hallway rules and we had gone through all of that, everybody was very aware of that. But that children are children. They may not do that. They may come in, they may start running down the halls, or they may be, you know, making too many paper towel things all the way down or not following the rules on the playground. Well, now we're not just in trouble. We need to practice we because to practice. you apparently don't know the rules. So we take that little group aside And, you know, in a different time of the day, and we take them out and we practice the rules. Now, no student wants to do that. So, and they don't want to do it four or five times. No, they They might practice
0: lining up once, but then you say, okay, go run out onto the playground again. And when we blow the whistle, come back. And then they do. And then we say, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Or, you know, we walk up and down the steps three or four or five times walking, not jumping. Up and down the step to show how we do it. We so do it. you
1: really have to do all the common areas. So coming in in the morning, how do you want them to do that? Um, if you want them to walk up a certain side of the sidewalk, I mean, all of those things you need to have in your mind already, rules and procedures so that you can practice. Now we also, because we want parents because sometimes, sometimes, parents <laughs> will say, why did my student get in trouble for four pulls on the paper towel? Or, you know, it's a bunch of soap, at least they're clean. Okay, so what we did was we also made videos. So we took classes that signed up for it and we had the classes make videos of those expectations, doing it correctly, put it on our website so that if a parent was Like, I'm not quite sure. Or new students. It's fabulous for new students. And then they can click right on that link, expectations for the hallway, expectations for arrival and dismissal. And then it's very clearly done. And not a long video. A minute. Right. minute and a half. Um, but it shows the classroom doing it. And that way that would be another big takeaway from us is yes. not only the, the boot camp, but putting the videos in place. And then,
0: you know, this really just helps the community at large. Our families know everything that we expect, but then it also helps any new staff coming into the building. Absolutely. That's they training. Can, they can watch these videos. We have lesson plans that go along with them. Those are also on our website. Um, And then, you know, our teachers review these. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe the classroom has practiced quite a bit, but we're struggling a little bit in November. You know, the teacher (laughs) might bring up the video as a reminder because the kids have practiced quite a bit. And so that's a good way to use it and then if it still doesn't work then we go out and physically practice. So and the videos are really nice. Really to have. like
1: we talked about that two full weeks. A lot of our teachers thought that was overkill too, but then the next year well, you don't have to the practice genius as much of yes. this
0: again because you don't change things. Right. We have had the same matrix in place for 9 or 10 years, the same big 3 rules be safe, responsible and respectful. So now we spend one day Well, actually, one day going over everything and practicing with all the grade levels. But then after that, we practice a lot with kindergarten and, you know, a couple of days with first grade because first grade had it before as kindergarten. But what we find is we're not spending two weeks at all because nothing's changed. We're doing taking our trays up the same way we did nine years ago. We still expect walking in the hallway. We still expect... Um, three pulls of the paper towels.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That? Those rules don't change. And no. we expect teachers, if they're going down the hallway and kids are starting to talk, that they stop. Maybe even go back to their room, start over. Start but over. make sure that that is the that's the procedure that we expect. So having those expectations, doing those practicing, that is a huge part of tier one. The second part of tier one that's super important from the office, remember this is all about this is all about the office helping the teachers get these expectations in place um, is office managed and staff managed behaviors. Yes. so I'm gonna let Diane talk. Again. Again, she's the admin here. Talk <laughs> about how we came up with that and what that was all about. Well, you know, the staff
0: managed and office managed, um, we have that defined. We, we were calling them the majors and minors and mm-hmm. define the behaviors um, as things Progress, they change the terminology. But, yeah. you know, in your building, you need to define all of the behaviors, the misbehaviors, and what you're going to do.
1: And last that. week, Mrs. Miller said that that was defined at the middle school. So if you're a middle school in a high school, you may have that already. But at an elementary, it was a little bit more muddy. So yeah. we didn't quite have these are exactly the behaviors that constitute an office referral. And these are, it was more up to teacher interpretation, right? Which we definitely, with teacher input, Yes, and that's that's part of the big
0: five um, of the tier one is making sure that you have defined the behaviors through staff managed and um, office managed behaviors, so teachers understand that, and then also having that flow chart to understand when do you send a child down to the office, when do you handle it in your classroom?
1: And we put something else in there um, that not all buildings have. It's called a buddy teacher timeout. So years ago, years and years ago, we went to a workshop where they put this in as a middle school thing. And um, uh, Diane and I both thought, now, how can we, we do a lot of that. Like, how can we make this work for elementary? So um, I am going to include the actual um, uh, website that shows you the research behind that. But what a buddy teacher in tiny words is that you have a teacher in your grade level that you do not switch classes with. So it's not something that t- that student sees all the time, but is close. That is your buddy teacher timeout. So if that student is has a repetitive behavior, but it's not a An office managed behavior. You send them to a buddy teacher timeout, and what that does is that that teacher's ready. They go over there. They spend some time in that uh, that alternate classroom. They also will write down a little bit about what they did. There's a form. This is all practiced, so teachers understand. They take students back and forth, and that way, that student is not going to the office, not taking that whole time out of instruction. That they're out of their room for a little bit, giving the student. timeout, you a timeout. And then they're back in their class. And they may be listening to instruction, but that's also their grade level. And they probably need that instruction anyway. So Buddy Teacher Timeout has a lot of um, research base behind it. And I am going to include the uh, the link on our website. So if you'd like to put that into place, but that's on our flowchart. And that would be a step from Classroom managed before office managed.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. The buddy teacher timeout is a great concept. And, uh,
1: you know, that way kids aren't missing. So much instruction because they got to go down the office. They got to wait on the principal. They might sit and enjoy a little office time. Yeah, unfortunately, they know. do. They like they, they, they like, like to the distraction. Watch, they like to watch what's going. Bug on. Bug the secretaries, you know the things, you know. And, and so this is a we way don't to want do them that. down here, right? <laughs> no, not, not any more than they have to be. Um, so, uh, I guess what our last thing we want to talk about a little bit is whenever we have guests, we give a why and we give an aha. Well, we're the guests today. Okay, so Diana are are our own guest. But we did this on purpose because this was something we were taking from the teacher input, but we were the ones kind of putting it in place with with Mr. Scott, so he was a big part of that, Um, but also our principal. But our why, so I'm gonna do the why, the why is we needed building-wide rules and procedures and we needed them to be followed. So that was our why. So we had a large building, Lots of kids. We had decided on the procedures, our matrix. We needed to now put them in place. So we needed this boot camp. And that was our term. Diane thought it up. Yeah. So it was our term. That didn't come from anywhere. But it was so great how you know, we called it. And we still, we will, we do boot camps a lot. We just did, Um, I just did a boot camp
0: with our third grade about a week ago because uh, we had some kids just, again, leaving the cafeteria, not walking um, from the cafeteria to the playground quietly. They were running and kind of yelling, and our aides had, you know, asked them to stop, and then again the next day it happened again, so then they came to me. Uh, They will also go to Mrs. Miller. It's really important, again, that the principals be involved in that. So I showed up the next day because Mrs. Miller had something else going. And um, when it was time to clean up, third grade to clean up, they had to... because it's a little painful whenever you have to use a little bit of recess time to oh, practice. Oh, it's so painful, you know?
1: especially in elementary school. Yes. We love that so much. A little so, painful.
0: So we make it a little painful. We reminded, I reminded them of the way that we are supposed to walk out of the cafeteria quietly and that we are going to practice. And so we did that. We went outside, we lined up, and then we came back in because that's the most painful part. We came back in, we sat down at the table, then we lined up a second time, walked outside, then they could play. And we used about five to seven minutes of their recess.
1: But do not but, think that this is only an elementary thing. Do this with middle school yes. and high schoolers. They won't like it either. No. They will understand the importance of procedures.
0: And now, you know, what I told my aides, is that there might be a few children that need a third practice or I guess a second practice on the next day so if we have trouble again but really pay attention to if it's a certain class or a certain group of kids because I really didn't want to practice with the whole grade sure. level I wanted to practice with those children that just need the practice yeah, and um, they said you know things were good now we're coming up on December and uh, December is a very exciting month for so exciting, all of us. isn't it? <laughs> and there's going to be lots of practicing going around. You know, we just need to do it. We need to just pull it back in. So you know sometimes the staff thinks, well, we've practiced this 555 times. Why do we have to do it again? Why don't they get it? Well, they're children. And we need to be reminded. So take the time to practice practice, you will feel better. The adult will feel better.
1: Absolutely. And then we're not just punishing. We're instructing. Now Diane's going to say an aha because she's going to go to a little Swiss data, which I think is just wonderful. So you can't see this, but she's going to explain it to you.
0: So in um, our data, there is what's called the triangle data report, and that measures your tier one. And so picture a triangle and you want your triangle, um, to be, you know, all green, maybe at the very tip top might be a little yellow and a tiny bit of red. This is how you know you have a really good tier one system. So we watch our triangle. And after the first year, I would say after that, our triangle has really always been pretty good. But I was just um, sharing with Diane before we started that it's extremely good this year. I'm very excited about it because, you know, we're a building of we've dropped in enrollment. So we're down to about 800 now, um, kindergarten through fifth grade. But so far this year, we have only had forty-eight students with one office-managed referral.
1: That's entirely since August. That's wonderful. That's
0: ninety-seven percent.
1: Ninety-seven of our students are, have not have not had one single no. referral. Come and on. S-
0: and so, picture that triangle. I wish our reading
1: <laughs> triangle looks. Yeah, so sometimes good. you want your academic triangle to be the same.
0: So then if we move to two to five referrals, we've only had 16 children in the building have two to five. So that's, uh, you know, 2.4% of that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, six to eight referrals, we've had just five children and one child over nine.
1: So, I mean, you just look at that data. Okay, that's showing you that your your tier tier one is working. So when we talked last week about data, 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 there's your aha. Because Mm -hmm. whenever you, whenever you're looking at things, you look at that data and you go, what we're doing is working. So as always, we like to have takeaways. And our takeaway from this podcast is it's all about the beginnings. It really is. You need a matrix of your rules. We've, We've established that by your staff. But... The genius is in the boot camp. The genius, you need yes. to practice. You need to get those procedures in place. Everyone needs to be involved and the admin needs to have the stamp on it. They yep. really do. They need to lead it for mm-hmm. sure. They need to put that stamp on it. Well, all right. This
0: has been a good podcast. It this gets has me been all great. excited. I love Tier 1.
1: <laughs> I know. And you know what? Even though, like I said, we will recap again. When we started PBIS, we want we wanted to weed through to how do we deal with those kids that are causing problems? We really, we, we I know, remember saying, why do we need to do a bronze? We need to go on to Tier 2. But we found out yes. Tier 1 is so important. And it took care. Like we said before, a lot of those bubble behavior kids we're taken care of by those tier one. So a strong tier one, a strong practicing is so important. And you know,
0: um, another part of the tier one is the um, acknowledgement system, and which we're going to so talk about next week. We are going to talk about next week, and then that really helps
1: motivate those um, those kids on the edge, right? Because now they know what to do. You've practiced it and practiced it. Now we're going to do the Acknowledge System. So next week, we're going to have some teachers in here to talk about that and how it works in the little grades. And then we're going to move on to the upper grades. So that's all we have for this week's episode. My name is Diane Farrell.
0: And I'm Diane Ruff. We'll see you next time uh, on uh, (laughs) Journey Journey to to Genius. genius.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much. Bye-bye.